Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Being Coco B. It is I, Coco B, also known as Coyetta. Hi. I hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you all enjoying the beautiful weather today. It's splendid compared to what it's been. So take it in. Take your phone outside, put in your headset and make sure you all catch up on all these episodes. Okay. Now today we have a phenomenal woman on the podcast today. She is a four-time author, an international speaker, and a consultant with Proctor with the Proctor Gallagher Institute. Her name is Makini Smith. So humble. My goodness, I had such a felt such a great connection. So I want you guys to listen on the other side and hear about her stint in politics. Okay? So here she is on the other side. One of my many goals in life is to impact women's lives by helping them start a business using some of the same methods I've used to start my own business. I understand starting a business can be very overwhelming, especially if you're one of those people that simply don't know what business to start. Let me help you with that process. You can reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I am Coyetta, or you can email me at info at Coyetta.com and let me help you create the life you want. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you hear me properly? Yep, I can hear okay. you now. Okay, perfect. I, now and again, we do have some problems, but everyone, this is the <laughs> lovely Miss McKinney Smith, who is a... Now, the internet has you at four-time published author. Is it four or is it three? No, I have four books. Okay, perfect. So we have four books <laughs> and a motivational international speaker, a consultant with Proctor Gallagher Institute, mm-hmm. and... You also ran for office in 2018 for the Liberal Party. I did. Oh my goodness. How <laughs> how do you have time for it all? <laughs> People ask me that all the time. And, you know, it's, I, I really think it's not about time management. It's about activity management. You know, I make yeah. sure that if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't happen. So I, I you know, I know in advance most times what my, my week or sometimes two weeks to a month you know looks like because everything's scheduled in oh wow that's that's quite <laughs> something because you you also have a family so the, the schedule i could see it would come in handy uh, for for sure um i have three children um you know most of their life i've been a single mom and thank god i have like the world's greatest partner at the moment but um <laughs> i i have a, a system that that works for me so um for me first is I make time for my faith you know Sunday church you know every day praying Wednesday Bible study and then comes family which I you know put in all the kids appointments and dropping them off to where they need to be and oh, Lord homework and life so well <laughs> right and then dinner. I know the Sunday yeah <laughs> and then comes yeah. the finances where you know I have to make a living um, yes <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those people who work to live I don't live to work so I, right. I, I work uh, so that you know I can have the lifestyle that I want to have and be able to serve in the capacity that I want to serve right and then outside of that comes you know the friends and the fun and stuff like that so that formula helps me to 
um, make the most amount of use out of my time. Oh my goodness, it still sounds like a lot. <laughs> but you know what? I understand that life so well because you know I, I know the church. I the kids go to church on Sundays. Like I get it. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. <laughs> okay. Now, with all that being said, you are also an introvert. Interesting, interesting fact. Yes. How does that work for you? <laughs> How does that work for you? Because essentially, your lifestyle or what you do sounds like it's there's a very social aspect to it. So how does that work for you? So I, I'm going to call myself a functioning introvert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So as much as a lot of my lifestyle involves me to be connecting with people and interacting with people, mm-hmm. um, it does require me to come out of my comfort zone on a daily basis. Uh, a lot of what I have to do um, many times, especially for networking events or functions where there's a large number of people, it requires right. me to leave the introvert in the car. You know, when I get She's there, back there. Yeah. and I park, I, uh, it's like um, the affirmations and the self-talk. Um, you know, so I have to leave that shy girl in the car and say, "You can do this. You got this. You know, this is essential for your growth. You know, everything that you want is on the other side of this." And it's leaving that introvert in the car. Um, and many times, I will have someone with me that is extroverted. So okay. it's like it's a kind of balance. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. I totally understand that as you mentioned the word, um, I think you said shy. Mm-hmm. So is it, is it, is the introvert more of a shyness or is it like true introvertedness? If that's a word. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say both because all okay. of the characteristics that, you know, if you Google the word introvert, all those characteristics um, mainly describe me. I need uh, my alone time right. I you know when I'm out and maybe that's the empath in me and you know me being able to be aware of energy right. I, I absorb a lot and it's exhausting mm, okay. so I need my alone time in order to refuel I need my alone time in order to be uh, creative um, you know I, I do struggle with some of those social skills that introverts struggle with Right. But I'm I'm still able to function. <laughs> You're a functioning introvert, just like yes. you said. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's take it back. Let's let's find out uh, about a young McKinney. Take mm. me through grade school. Well, what was happening back then? Oh wow. Okay. So grade school. So I grew up in government housing. Um, I lived with a single mom who um, also was very giving so there was our house was kind of like a there was like a rotating door there was always someone staying with us that was in transition you know whether they came to the country and Mm -hmm. needed to get on their feet or whether they had been you know fallen off you know um in some way and needed help to get back on my mom was always that person so even though our space was small and we didn't have a lot my mom gave a lot and in her giving that also left a lot of free time uh, for myself as a child growing up. So, mm-hmm. you know, mom had multiple jobs trying to make things work. And my two older siblings, my sister and my brother, uh, basically did a lot of, uh, I'm going to say, raising me and being responsible right. mm-hmm. for me because yeah. mom was at work. And the community that we lived in, it was a tight-knit community where 
you know, your kids could all be outside, but everyone's parents knew who belonged to who and they know that your mom was at work. So they keep an eye on you and they right. make sure that you mm-hmm. go inside when it gets too dark and yeah. all that <laughs> stuff. There was that whole community feel. Um, and in 19... Oh, goodness. I'm dating myself now. In 1988. <laughs> <laughs> was it 88? Oh, goodness. Um, I believe it was 88. Okay, maybe I'm, I'm a little off, but... That's all right. Um, my grandparents moved in my mom went to jamaica to get my grandparents after a hurricane you know their house had been destroyed is it andrew uh no it was gilbert it was was, gilbert Gilbert. yeah yes i was actually in gilbert in jamaica with um watching this the zings fly off the roof so wow wow i remember so my my grandparents lost their home and they had been there their entire life so my mom had to fly down there to get them and bring them back to canada so now we had my grandparents living in the house right and you know my grandmother did a lot of raising me you know walking me to school and making lunch at lunchtime so I could you know come home and have a warm meal at lunch right um but that was you know grade school for me um definitely the shy girl you know the, the pigtail I didn't talk much my older sister and brother were my protectors if anybody got on my case I would depend on them um but but a lot has changed since then yeah a lot has changed now yeah how how do we get to high school what was that like so high school um, high school into now like into McKinney Smith of today okay so in high school um we had moved to a different part of the city by then Mm -hmm. and I was still introverted still didn't talk much but I was definitely a tomboy Right. Um, you know, I loved being in sneakers and my brother's sports jerseys and mm-hmm. that that was me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a few girlfriends, but I loved to hang out with my guy friends and, you know, sit and listen as, you know, they, they cut each other's hair and <laughs> hear the stories and, <laughs> yep. you know, hang out at the basketball court. Yeah. That, that was me. Um, as much as I was uh, shy, I enjoyed the company of the boys because it was less drama. It was, yes. it was more fun. You're speaking to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back then I, I liked yeah. to climb trees and ride mm-hmm. bikes and, yeah. and do all that stuff. So um, high school, um, like I said, I spent a lot of social time um, hanging with the guys and, and that kind of toughened me out a little bit. So mm-hmm. I guess where some of my thick skin comes from. Right. Um, but then by the age of 17... Um, I became pregnant with my first child, so that was about 10th, 11th grade. Um, I Your been... children are beautiful, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very beautiful. much. You're welcome. Uh, so I had been with um, my kid's father since I was 15. Um, oh, so like high school sweethearts type of thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Since, since like grade nine. Yeah. So when I was 17... I became pregnant and my school didn't want a pregnant teenager walking the halls and they forced me to go to a special school for um, pregnant girls and, and on, young they can, moms. They can do that? <laughs> You'd be surprised what they could and couldn't do versus what they actually did back then. Wow, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I went to a special school and uh, I, I was always... Um, I don't want to say a smart person, but <laughs> it's okay. You're smart. <laughs> Own it. 
I um, was always on the honor roll, straight A student. So even though I went to the special school, I was dedicated to being in class every day. I didn't use pregnancy as an excuse why I couldn't go to class. And I went to class up until I was in labor. My contractions were about five minutes apart. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I, you know, I, I had my daughter and then I went back and finished my final semester of high school and ended up uh, a couple years later uh, getting pregnant with my second child while I was in college mm-hmm. but I graduated from college with honors yes <laughs> yes <laughs> and dedicated I, I, yeah yeah I'm I, I've definitely always been dedicated yeah um, self-motivated yes and I, I basically you know stuck to my guns and did what I had to do and I ended up getting married young so um I got married, uh, I believe I was like 25, but divorced by the time I hit 30. And after being stay-at-home mom for five years, I decided to jump into entrepreneurship. And 10 years later, here I am. <laughs> here we go. Wow. That's that's quite a history, though. Yeah. It's a rich history. <laughs> so what... what kept you in line because I know you have West Indian parents <laughs> who, who was it that kept you in line mom grandparents like how, what how did they drive you where did that drive come from because you know that <laughs> honor roll in, in grade school and in high school that's pretty tough to achieve for some people for some kids uh, agreed and and mind you I had a lot of distractions around yes me. you know when you're yes. growing up in government housing you're growing up around crime and drugs and all kinds of things yeah your life could have gone a certain way for exactly, sure exactly exactly yeah. um I mean like I said earlier the I'm pretty self-motivated I mean my mother wasn't around my father had moved back to Jamaica um and it forced me to want to have a different life than what was provided for me and although both my parents my I've grew up watching them as entrepreneurs you know Mm -hmm. I I believe that that definitely made an impact on my life of you know not wanting to work for anyone and and work that nine to five and there's nothing wrong with that but to Mm -hmm. me I was always um, into building my own and leaving a legacy for for my children and being my own boss yes but in terms of keeping me in line i remember in elementary school there was a lady by the name of elaine uh, elaine robinson and we still stay connected till this day Um, wow she was there for a lot of the youth in the community where we were either with her in the community center or in her home doing homework, dance practice, just to keep us off the streets. Um, But once I got into high school, I didn't have any form of mentorship. It was all being self-motivated and wanting better than than what I seen my parents have. Awesome. I'm glad you said the word mentorship. How important do you feel like that is um, now, in the now? Um, Being that you're around a lot of young women, young lady, and, you know, how important do you think that is? I think that mentorship is underrated. I think yeah. that it's it is essential mm-hmm. um, to help us, um, you know, avoid the pitfalls. It's essential to helping us get to where we want to be. Life doesn't have to be all trial and errors. You know, it That's, is possible to learn from goodness. other people's mistakes. Yes. So I strongly believe in mentorship. 
I spend 33% of my time mentoring others and I enjoy mentoring um, the young girls because that is, you know, the next generation and we're responsible for them. So annually I do uh, mentorship workshops with the girls that attend a school similar to the one that I went to for young teen moms. And I go and I spend an afternoon with them and well, it's usually mornings, but um, not only sharing my story so that they can see that where they are isn't the end all be all, that there is a possibility out there for them and they can relate to someone who has been in their shoes you know versus other you know random speakers or someone that can't relate someone that has not been a a teen mom um so i go and i pour into them and we do activities on mindset and goals and you know when you get there and you ask them what starts with and by the time we leave the workshop there are women who want to open dance studios who want to be lawyers who realize that there's so much potential within them that they can tap into and then i spend a lot of time being mentored by people that i admire people that i would love to switch positions with because they are making a greater impact and have a greater influence and they're doing such amazing things so i learn from them and then I spend 33% of my time around my peers, people right. that, you know, we're working together and trying to collaborate and, and build together instead of the crabs in the bucket mentality, we're lifting each other up. Right. Absolutely. So men- mentorship is totally essential. And as a coach, it's helping guide people, also understanding where they're at and allowing them to be free to share with you you know, what it is that they're going through transparently so right. you can help guide them Absolutely. and give some, some direction. Absolutely. Now, in this in this time of busyness, um, mm. and I, I think some people, some people um, think very highly of themselves to the point where they can't help someone coming up. Mm-hmm. So how do we get good mentors people we admire how do we find the right person to give us their time because they're they're giving up their time they're you mm-hmm. know how, how do we get those people that actually want to do it so uh one thing when you're when you're looking for mentorship yeah. it doesn't always have to be in person it doesn't always no. have to require taking from a person's time i've had um online mentors or people you um you follow them online but you follow them so intensely that you <laughs> you can kind of <laughs> mimic their path mm-hmm. uh per se so i'm not asking them to dedicate any specific time to me right um and then i also sign up and pay for their services because they've invested years trying to learn and they've invested their time through trial and error and they've invested you know a lot to actually get the wisdom that they have So expecting that for free sometimes in turn, like that's, that's not fair. It doesn't necessarily make sense, right? Yeah. Sometimes you got to pay the price too. Exactly. It's it's investing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you are reaching out to people directly, there there are two ways. And one is also paying for their services. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to like non-for-profits and grassroots stuff, that's where I'll volunteer my my mentoring services but if you're reaching out to people don't always be reaching out just for what you can get right offer value mm-hmm. you know if you want to learn from someone offer you know what are what are you, what are your skill sets what do you have to offer to what they're doing so that 
they'd be inclined to want to spend time with you. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's someone um, that is in an industry that you want to get into, you know, let's say, I don't know, it's, I don't know, uh, public speaking, for instance, and yes. you're really good at data gathering and, and entry or, or whatever it is, right. offer to collect information for them so that okay. you're being of service to them. Right. You know, um, and when you ask someone for a coffee to pick their brain, mm-hmm. actually buy them coffee. <laughs> right. Like, uh, so you're going to pay for that yourself? <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're yeah. asking them to take their time. A lot of people who do mentoring and coaching, you know, they could be earning their living. You know, they, they charge a premium for right. their time. Mm-hmm. So if they're giving you 30 minutes or an hour of their time, value that. You know, right. and and do your research before you ask. You know, sometimes people will DM people of influence or people that have a lot going on. They don't have a lot of time. They don't have a lot of free time. And as right. much as they would like to help, if you are coming in and you're beating around the bush or you're you know sliding into their DMs with something as simple as hi, no, <laughs> right. come, we need come, more than come, that. Come direct, right? right? They don't they don't have time to waste for time for the back and forth. Um, just value value their time. Come with something to offer. I know your value, and be specific about what it is that you want from them. You right. know, do your research. If it's information that you can get on Google, mm-hmm. um, get it from Google first. That way, you have specific questions to ask them, so that you're not wasting their time or your time. Right, right. Because every everybody has time that they <laughs> that's coming from somewhere. Yes. Now, um, what do you say to the to the person that actually doesn't know. They have an idea, but they're not like 100% sure what they want to do. Um, but they know who they admire. Like, what do you say to them? What's the what's the program that you put in place for someone like that? Um, when I'm coaching um, and mentoring women, the first thing I ask them is, what are you passionate about? Okay. What do you really want to do? What, do you, what makes you excited? Is that something that you actually want to do or something that you enjoy? Or is that something that you are told from someone else that you should be doing right like is that decision yours or did it come from outside of you because right. if it came from outside of you you're not going to work towards it as passionately as you would if it's something on the inside true um and when you figure out what it is that you're passionate about you can look at the options that are out there to monetize that mm-hmm. you can look at the people that are doing that currently um right. you know and, and how and what capacity that they're serving in. Um, so it's definitely figuring out what's on the inside first, because I think a lot of people look outside of them for things when everything that you need is inside of you. Absolutely. But I think everyone's, um, from my experience being around some young people, it's like everyone's still discovering themselves. So mm-hmm. that inner voice hasn't been, um, it's like they, they haven't refined their ear to tune into that inner voice yet. And, and I also think that that's because they've been told that they need to stick to one thing. When you're young, why should you stick to one thing? How are you going to know what you like if you haven't tried things? Ah, uh, there we go. Right? Yeah. You know, it, it's it's okay to try different things so that you can know what you actually like. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to enjoy everything. You're not going to be great at everything. But if you don't try anything, how are you going to know where your strength is? How are you going to know what you're excited about? How are you, you, ha- you actually have to try stuff. That's true. 
That's true. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're so right. It's like no brainer. Right? It's like growing up uh, in the West Indian household. They want you to be um, like, you know, go to school and they want you to be doctors and just like these solid jobs. But mm-hmm. sometimes that's not what your passion is. It's not where your heart is. Right. So it's right. like you find I find a lot of those people now that like were kind of told what to do are kind of struggling now to figure out what they really want to do because they were following and or mm-hmm. you know yeah they that's exactly kind of... the type of women that come to me now for coaching ah, because okay. they have worked in a career for mm-hmm. you know almost 10 years but yes. they cannot stand they're living paycheck to paycheck and they're miserable <laughs> yeah. yes and when you ask them why did you get into that field it was someone else that yeah. forced them into that field or someone else that they were trying to please right. they weren't they weren't excited about it they weren't doing it for them and if you're doing it for the wrong reasons then there's nothing really holding you there yes so my thing is focusing on what you're passionate about so that when you get up every day you're not like oh my god i gotta go to work today <laughs> like i wake up in the morning and whether i'm getting paid or not i'm excited about what i do oh and goodness. i there are many days where i will do it for free and like i said for certain um you know non-for-profit and grassroots organizations I give a lot of my time and energy and resources because I enjoy it. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I think I everyone wants to get to where you are. <laughs> <laughs> but we should all be there because there's, we, okay. When we were born, the gifts that we were given, we all have the capacity to make a life off of that. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get all biblical, but your gifts make room for you. So oh, get get there, get there. Because <laughs> I, I know your faith is a strong part of it is of um, what you do now. So that's it, important. It, There's a connection it, it there is. too. Yeah, it is. It's, it's yeah. the foundation, and it provides a lot of the morals and the mindset that I have. Ah, there we go. But you know, your your gifts make room for you. So if you were given a gift, why not use that to provide the fruits that you want? Like, it's. I don't understand sometimes, you know, when women come to me and they're in their 50s and they're still working a minimum wage job doing it because they were told that's the right thing to do. Yeah. You've had years where you could have made up your mind for yourself and changed that direction. We give other people way too much power over us. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a strong statement right there. And it's so true. (laughs) We don't want to disappoint other people. We don't want to embarrass anyone. Um, So we we give them the power to control what we do, what we say. We disappoint ourselves and we embarrass ourselves. Yes. And then, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Many times I find that that there are women that um, have given so much of their power to someone else or something else it's like they almost don't even know how to take it back right and sometimes they don't realize they even gave it away right and it's unfortunate that at that point they will blame other people or other things yeah but we have to take ownership for our responsibility we have to own our actions we have to own the results that we have now Mm -hmm. because the results that we have now are based on the actions that we have taken it's nobody else's fault it's ours Yes, yes. Self ownership is a hard one for a lot of people. It, it is. Um, <laughs> but um, I was going to say, how do you take back your own power? And I know that one of them is owning, owning your situation. Oh yeah, it's uh, and own, owning your story. Yes. 
um, I, when I say conquering your fears, it's, I was going to say, you know, I was going to use a different word, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Con- conquering your your fears. I mean, at the end of the day, we all mm-hmm. fear something, regardless yes. of you know what they, what they say. We all fear something. Mm-hmm. It's false evidence appearing real. If you yes. look at the acronym, yes. But uh, I've turned that around into face everything and rise. Ooh, at the, I write at that down. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's in my book, in the first book. Um, okay, but we as human beings naturally we have this wall it's like a terror barrier and when we approach something that makes us uncomfortable our natural human reaction is to turn back around to go to what's familiar yes that's true and the only way to break through and to be rewarded for what we actually want is to continue through that wall Mm -hmm. so it's you're you can't you can't go around it. You can't right. go over it. You have to go through it. Yes. So I tell you, I'm, you know, I'm walking through some walls right now. <laughs> <laughs> you got to feel the fear and do it yeah. anyway. Every Absolutely. single day, every single stage that I step on, every single environment that I go to that mm-hmm. requires me to be social with more than one person, it all requires me to go through that terror barrier. Yes. Ooh, Lord, you just woke me up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is, that's true. I think a lot of people now are walking in fear, Mm -hmm. uh, but we're, I feel like there's a big shift in our energy where like, okay, you know what? We we know we're a little afraid, but we're pushing through anyway, which I, I love and I, and I see, and I feel that energy from Instagram Mm -hmm. and, 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 and around and around, you know? (laughs) So that's good. That's good to see. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So take me back a little bit to, you know, you're, you're writing books, which is wonderful. How did you know you could even, like, how did you know you could write a book? <laughs> <laughs> like essays, remember high school, college, you doing your essays? Yes. Like, wh- where did you find the time and, and, and um, the inspiration? So, okay, so one, um, in terms of writing, I mean, even in high school, you know, I'd get excellent marks in, in English class. Yes. I, that was, you know, an area that I always excelled in. Yes. But being introverted, because it was hard for me to speak and to mm-hmm. feel like I could articulate myself verbally, right. writing things down was so much easier for me. It oh, was easier for me to arrange yeah. my thoughts and mm-hmm. my feelings. Yes. And when I made the decision to actually write a book, um, I had been, I had dealt with um, going through my divorce and losing my sister who passed away and jumping into entrepreneurship, you know, dealing with depression and anxiety and all of these things. Yes. And in the support groups that I was in, it was like, you know, I would be sharing parts of my story and they're like, wow, how are you able to deal with that? Right. You know, and, having my my faith and my affirmations and and my beliefs definitely played a huge role in it but everyone was like oh my god that you know that that story was so crazy you need to write a book and you constantly hear that and hear that and hear that and hear that and then you know I'm sharing bits and pieces of my experiences through social media and people are messaging me saying you need to write a book Mm -hmm. so I made the decision to write a book (laughs) (laughs) And, and when I did that, my intention was, if this could help just one woman, then I'm happy, I'm satisfied. And I had no idea the doors that it would open um, and the other people that it would help inspire. 
Yes. And for me, that was, that was like the most humbling thing in the world thinking, okay, well, people actually relate to this. Like, yeah. you know, they, they care what I have to say. It's actually helping right. somebody. Yeah. Um, but in terms of finding the time, I was selling real estate full time when I uh, wrote my book and I put my career on hold. I, I made a, I took a giant leap of faith um, yes. for three months. I basically sent the kids off to school and I would write all day at my laptop and they'd come home, I'd make dinner and send them to bed and I would go back to writing sometimes till two, three in the morning. Wow. Um, but I would wake up every day and say a prayer and ask God to download into me what it is that he wanted me to share. Yes. And sometimes people will send me quotes from my book and I'm like, I wrote that? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I guess you oh. really did download, huh? <laughs> but yeah, it's like it was a lot of it is it, it was God's words that, that right. came out of me, yes. honestly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Take me into your fourth book, which is the uh, gratitude, the couple's gratitude journal. Yes. So the couple's gratitude journal. Okay. So um, I definitely believe in practicing gratitude. You know, the, yes. the more that we appreciate uh, what we have, the more we are given. Okay. And uh, so the third book was a gratitude journal um, that I created so that I could use every day because I was just writing these things down in a notebook. Mm-hmm. And when I met my partner and he seen me on a daily basis writing in my gratitude journal, right. he says to me one day, have you ever thought about you know, doing a couple's version? Oh. And I looked up at him and I said, no. <laughs> and he said well you know i think that'd be really cool you know something that we could use together yeah that's so sweet actually right goodness and (laughs) funny enough the time when he said it i believe it was like the beginning of the year so it was like i think january had just begun right and he's like you know wouldn't it be cool if you know you got it out and you know you could advertise it for valentine's and i thought to him like i said to him hmm that's not enough time he's like like, I believe you could do it and he is my biggest cheerleader he makes me like believe I could fly by the way oh my goodness (laughs) that's what he's supposed to do exactly (laughs) yeah so when he said I believe you could do it and I'm thinking I would have to have this out like and published within a month so that I have time to even advertise it for Valentine's. It's not going to work. Yeah. And he sat there with me every day until I got it done. You know, it came up, helped me, um, you know, because every single page has a different quote on it. Yeah. Um, On one side of the journal, it's for the male to write, you know, what he's grateful for and what about his partner he's grateful for and so on and so forth. And on the other side is for the female. And he helped me, you know, format it and make the decisions on the cover and goodness girl you got a winner right there (laughs) (laughs) and we got it all put together and published within a month just in time um for valentine's but um as god would have it because his plans are very different from ours most times very different yes Uh, (laughs) um that february is uh right after i had made the decision to run for office and the campaign took over my life I thought I was going to be able to balance everything mm-hmm. and I had to put promoting the couple's gratitude journal on the back burner right but um thank god this year we did a official launch and we promoted the couple's gratitude journal um 
all of Times February. Square. Yep, February 1st, <laughs> we had a billboard in Times Square. We mm-hmm. had the couple's journal featured as um, uh, Valentine's ideas on the Marilyn Dennis show. That was so cool. Uh, I had a couple yeah. of my influencer friends promoting it on their pages. So it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Makes a great wedding gift. So if there's any couples that you know out there, like it's a great tool to keep, you know, passion in the relationship. Yes, I know know a couple of people getting married. So that's Mm -hmm. a great idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, would you say that um, you say that you write every day, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kind of struggling to find time. But um, would you say that that's one of the keys to your success is, you know, writing you know journaling writing because you know clarity and so forth yeah um a few things that i find have been essential one is just consistency yes um in anything so uh, no matter what it is that you're doing you need to be able to be consistent Mm -hmm. and um writing whether it be handwriting um, in my gratitude journals or whether it be writing i write like sometimes i pre-write a lot of my captions in my phone Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which you know, it takes effort because it's you know your your thoughts and feelings. Right. Um, so True. just making that that effort daily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I a lot of the things that I do, there's a level of consistency to it. So, yes. you know, the recording in my gratitude journal daily, um, doing my affirmations daily, um, even and the my podcast, my <laughs> podcast exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, my podcast comes out weekly, but it's like sometimes there are some days, um, days like today, where I'm recording multiple um, episodes in one day so that wow. and have an episode come out every week. Mm-hmm. It requires sometimes a couple of weeks where I'm doing nothing but recording episodes. So right. I have yeah. a month or so in advance. Mm-hmm. you know so I can be consistent it's just setting up systems in place that allow me to be consistent in everything that I do I can see that you're very strong on that one for sure thank you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> you ran for office we know politics can be a very dirty sport mm-hmm. um, tell me what was tell me give me some background on that whole experience okay so <laughs> I have never been into politics. Yes. Um, My passion is improving the quality of people's lives. Mm -hmm. Politics and policies, not interested. Yeah. And in the end of 2017, um, I was celebrating one of my girlfriends who had announced that she was going to run in the provincial election. Yes. And I was totally, I was like, I will volunteer for you. Whatever you need me to do, I have your back. I want to see you win. Mm-hmm. And at her nomination um, ceremony, she whispered to my ear, they're looking for some more candidates. I submitted your name. No, no, there was no smile on my face. <laughs> my, my daughter was there uh, taking pictures and she was about to take a picture of us when my girlfriend, um, Lisa Washington, actually whispered that into my ear. And there's a picture of my face, which basically was obvious my face said what the heck (laughs) because I was like no yeah and um her and I sat for coffee um a couple of times after that where she broke it down for me and she's like 
Mac, I believe you can do this. You know, the the job is really being a voice for the people. She's like, you love that stuff. This is what you're about. And I was like, nope, I don't see the connection. (laughs) 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 And, um, you know, after some some arm twisting, um, (laughs) you know, she let me see how I would be able to serve on a greater capacity so even though I was already doing things on an international level it wasn't as intimate as it would be um, serving for a community yes and I said that I would sit down um, with some of the people in the Liberal Party and I did and ended up saying yes and that six months of my life flashed before my eyes <laughs> yeah. I saw your signs all over the city I was like okay <laughs> yeah it, it was it was definitely an experience it was in terms of um, a hands-on learning experience right probably one of the greatest things I've ever done in my life yes. would I do it again I'm not so sure yeah I can um, understand that <laughs> I enjoy especially being in personal development I enjoy positivity yes politics is so not that's that. not the place to find it absolutely right. yeah. no matter what you do no matter who you are no matter what you look like it mm-hmm. comes with some form of negativity even yes. if you if you look at the obamas like yes mm-hmm. i don't know if you've had a chance to re- read michelle obama's book the yes. coming um, yes i have i loved it but yeah <sighs> yes some negative yes. stuff in there right so she mm-hmm. talks about the behind the scenes negativity that they have to deal with yeah and talks about the pause like the positive intentions and the movement that they were trying to do but people will perceive things negatively anyway right exactly so me running um in the election the negativity that came with that i didn't first i don't know maybe i was naive but i was like you know i only post positive stuff i'm you know i'm such a positive person Mm -hmm. people Mm, don't care they don't care (laughs) They don't care. You know, they came at me for my name. Um, Mm -hmm. I had some of the online uh, publications that published, you know, that I was running and they had chosen Mm -hmm. uh, me because I was like basically considered like a handpicked candidate. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, comments were like a black woman. Oh, you know, the city's going to hell. And it was just a lot of the negativity. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I saw some of that online. I was like, for real? Yeah. Even if I posted... uh, you know, the premier would invite myself and some other people to a lot of events and mm-hmm. people came at me wanting to know who paid for my plate. Like it was, what? they will find minimal things to nitpick at, you know, the people that you were trying to help. Yeah. Um, so for me, I believe that you can only help those that want to be helped. Absolutely. And in politics, there's a lot of people that are unfortunately stuck in this negative mindset negative paradigm Mm -hmm. and focus so much on the negativity that they don't care if you're trying to help them Mm -hmm. they don't care if you throw a a dollar bills in their hand (laughs) yeah like it it does yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter so that environment um through the experience i learned isn't for me but i also learned that i'm stronger than i thought Mm -hmm. you know the months of door knocking campaigning canvassing the months of having doors slammed in my face you know the racial slurs (laughs) and and things like that 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 makes me sad racial slurs like we're still we're still there unfortunately unfortunately but the riding that i i was running in Mm -hmm. is predominantly white White. and 
I was running on the south side of that area where ah. there's how do I say this a lot of lower income um, yes. people yes. a lot of people struggling with mental health and drug mm-hmm. addictions yes. and so I didn't take it personal mm-hmm. I didn't take well, any of good. it personal that's good yeah, yeah it, it was definitely not about me um, mm-hmm. so it also taught me how not to take things personal yeah you know how to keep it moving it's you you're knocking on 600 doors today and 400 of those people open the door look at you and slam it (laughs) on to the next Mm -hmm. you know what I mean on to the next with a smile (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely yeah my goodness well I don't I don't want I have no future plans to run for office no and you know what honestly I don't want to deter anyone from running for office I feel that it definitely takes someone um of a certain caliber and there are women that I know today that have been in politics for a long time or that are right. or have also tried to run for politics and have chosen to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, we do need people out there to represent us. We do need people who genuinely care about people, not just, yeah. you know, money and policies. So right. I don't want to deter anyone from that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like quite the experience. Yes, for sure. Now, something a little lighter. Something a little lighter. What do your kids think about you? Are you the cool mom? Like, who, who is Bikini <laughs> Smith to her kids? Um, I think for a while, I was the cool mom. Um, <laughs> what changed? I'm, I'm going to say a while. <laughs> because now my my eldest, um, my eldest is 21. My middle daughter is uh, 17, turning 18. And my son is 13. So, you know, I think when they were a little bit younger, it was exciting. You know, mom's on the internet. You know, you can Google mom. (laughs) You know, that stuff excited them to the point where they would have me come into class to present, you know, instead of, you know, their whatever their presentation was, it was their reports were on mom. It was it was it was cool for a minute. That's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, now that they're a little bit older, uh, they don't want to see you. You know, they'll untag themselves if I tag them in anything on social media. <laughs> <laughs> or my son is like, I don't, don't record me. I don't want to be in your Instagram story. <laughs> oh my gosh. So oh. they love me, but they're at yeah. that age where they're like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> so you're saying I really got to treasure the stage and the treasure young stages. Treasure it. Make oh, the man. most of it. <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to say like, go, go, go. But in actuality, I want to hug them. I should hug them a little tighter. Yes, hug them okay. a little tighter. I mean, <laughs> my, my eldest daughter, she's 21 and still, you know, we have conversations. She'll call me and we'll actually have a conversation on the phone. You know, we still live in the same house, but my, my other daughter is like, yeah. why, do you, why are you calling mom? Why do you want to... <laughs> Oh my gosh! You know, I'm I'm one of her best friends. So. Oh, that is the sweetest thing. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> girls are difficult to handle, mm. so mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm glad that you can find that connection. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of women have um, not the greatest relationships with their moms, and I yeah, can that, can understand. You yeah. know, it's a difference of perception and difference mm-hmm. of time, all kinds yeah. of stuff. So I, I won't lie; I do butt heads with my my middle child um mm-hmm. but i call her my challenger <laughs> there's one in every bunch yes yes yeah. <laughs> so mckinney tell me what's next for you what what can we expect from you um 
you already have a lot to do but I'm sure mm-hmm. you got more stuff coming up <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm always working on something always trying to evolve always trying to figure out how I can better serve and you know be a value um, I definitely want to continue to um, you know just learn how to excel in the areas that I'm currently working on in terms of you know coaching and speaking mm-hmm. and coming out of my comfort zone a little bit more mm-hmm. Um But like I mentioned earlier, I mean, I do feel I have been blessed with one of the greatest partners ever. He was definitely, you know, he has gone through his personal development where Mm -hmm. God has molded him into someone who is perfect for me. Um, So I'd like to do more relationship-based stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to be one of those, you know, tacky relationship online uh, couples <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. do want to be able to provide value and to help other couples to you know see the value in their relationship and exactly. keep the passion there and, and mm-hmm. how they can support each other and, and stuff like that so yeah, and it's good to have that examples I mean especially black examples so yes yeah do 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 more of that <laughs> yeah I mean I, I grew up in a home with a single mom and many of the women in my family unfortunately I have seen you know go through life as single mothers and I would like to set a different example for my children absolutely absolutely I'm I'm 100% on board with that idea (laughs) (laughs) so tell me where where can we find you where if someone's looking to book you if someone's looking to uh get some coaching sessions where can we find you so the beautiful thing um is that you can easily google McKinney Smith or mm-hmm. uh, my branding, A Walk in My Stilettos, and all of my info will come up on Instagram. My personal Instagram page is The Real McKinney Smith because someone has been using McKinney Smith. And um, oh, really? I mean, I believe that is her real name as well, but. Okay. <laughs> I can't fight that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a page for the book under A Walk in My Stilettos, which I have been slacking on um and uh facebook you can just type in mckinney smith or walk in my stilettos on on all oh are you there yeah okay perfect quick question about a walk in my stiletto how did you come about with that branding originally um when i was writing the book i was gonna call it a walk in my shoes because it was me sharing Mm -hmm. my story and um like I said earlier, I was in real estate at the time, and mm-hmm. a lot of my branding was related to stilettos. My yes, a client base knew me for my stilettos. I had a serious <laughs> obsession. I mean, <laughs> back then it was ridiculous. I had over a hundred pairs of you know stilettos in every single color and shade <laughs> of you. the rainbow. <laughs> and you know, I would do open houses, and people would remember me by. Mm-hmm my my shoes and my stilettos so I said you know why don't I personalize this and make it a walk in my stilettos yeah and that evolved you know um into you know me being able to walk by faith you know walk in purpose and now helping others to you know own their story and be able to walk comfortably in their shoes Awesome. (laughs) A name, a name with different meanings. Yes. Yes. That's a beautiful branding, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's been wonderful speaking with you. We're hitting the hour mark. (laughs) Wow. Already? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, when we get down to speaking, like the time just flies. Well, (laughs) thank you. Thank you for, for having me on. And you know, it's, it's an honor and I was humbled that you asked. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for, 
for even accepting no problem I mean, you're, you're a busy person so i'm so grateful for your time i'm so grateful for your story and i know my listeners are gonna love what they're gonna love hearing from you thank you you know I, you. I understand how important it is when you're you know coming up and you're building a brand oh. you know we all we all need people to support us and i think that it's very important to make the time you know to, to help others because i wouldn't be where i am today if people didn't help me Oh my goodness, you're so right. Because when I asked McKinney, uh, she was quick to say yes. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it almost kind of scared me. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I, I'm forever grateful for this moment. Thank you so much, McKinney. You're very welcome. Okay, take care. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Imagine being able to create your own schedule be free from the traffic world of the nine to five land imagine waking up and spending more time with your family imagine being able to start your business with little to no experience imagine being able to have all the resources you need to help you with that process well if this is something you want for yourself your imagination can become your reality reach out to me at i am Coyetta on instagram facebook and twitter and you can also email me at info at Coyetta.com. and let's turn that dream into your reality your business is closer than you think That was the amazing McKinney Smith gracing us with her knowledge. I hope you guys were able to get what you needed from that episode. And don't be afraid to look internally and make the right moves for yourself. Some people have to start all over. Some people have to, uh, you know, figure out how they can live the life they truly want. So don't be afraid to go through that process. I also wanted to thank you guys for tuning in. I have listeners from all over the world, from Canada, US, uh, Grenada, like all over. I'm so grateful that you guys take the time to tune into being Coco B. I feel so blessed that you guys, um, you know, tune in every every two weeks because that's how I do. Um, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. Every time you do that, you know the audience grows, uh, the message grows and feedback i love feedback so anything you could provide me uh, i would be really grateful so again i hope you guys enjoyed that episode take care until next time don't forget don't forget to like comment share everything you do matters to me everything you do matters to us everything you do counts and so those things really keep this podcast going so thank you all again and enjoy the rest of your day until next time